Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. If you could turn with me to Luke 19, verse 28. Who knows what, um, can anyone put their hand up and tell me what special day it is today in the Bible? Does anyone know what we're, it's what, sorry? Palm Sunday, we have someone who knows that here. It's Palm Sunday today, and the story that we're turning to is all related to Palm Sunday. And i just got a few things I just want to share this morning um, about this day and what it means as we're coming up to Easter. So Luke 19, verse 28, it says this, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near to the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground. You and the children within you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another, because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. This is some powerful scripture, this talking about Jesus. The title of this in my Bible says Jesus' triumphal entry. It talks about Jesus arriving on Palm Sunday, just before Easter, uh, with his disciples into Jerusalem. And he's entering Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and entering it at a time when there's going to be lots of people in Jerusalem. And by now, lots of people have heard about Jesus. They've heard the miracles and things that have occurred. But now he's about to arrive into Jerusalem and declare, in a sense, who he actually is. And this story is just an amazing story, I think, because it talks so much about the, the fact that the people come they wave the branches, many of us know about them waving the palm branches. And he says they threw the cloaks down on the floor. 
as the donkey rode through. And it's such a powerful story, a symbolic story showing Jesus arriving into this city. And you can imagine the crowds of people. Imagine in Cambridge today if people were celebrating like they were then. Just a mass amount of people. But yet Jesus is about to arrive declaring who he is as king. And the title of this message today is When a God Thing Passes By. When a God Thing Passes You By. The first thing I want to say today is, my first point is God publicizes his personality. What I want to look at today is the illustration between, many of you know that Jesus, until he comes again, is not going to come on a donkey. And he's not going to arrive here and we're not going to physically see him. Many of us would love to physically see him, but not one of us in this room have physically seen him. We have faith in Jesus, we believe in Jesus, but none of us have physically seen him. But what we do have is this, that many of us who have been coming to the Holy Spirit meetings are realizing and understanding that Jesus comes today by his spirit. And we know him by his spirit. So what he leaves us with behind, what he told his disciples is, in, in Acts he said, go, uh, in Acts when they went to um, Jerusalem at Pentecost, that they received the gift that was promised. The one who would come after him, but we don't see him with our eyes but yet he's here. We sung this morning, haven't we, about Jesus' presence coming in. And I, I believe that these last few weeks we've been seeing God's presence beginning to come in an awesome special way, in a fresh way. And what I want to draw on some parallels today is that we're not going to see Jesus coming in on a donkey, but I believe we're going to see an increase of Jesus beginning to come into this church and start to do new things and fresh things. Amen. So the first things to look at when God, when Jesus comes and he arrives on this donkey, he publicizes his personality. Basically, he reveals himself to people, his character of who he is. And Jesus never expect, uh, uh, delivered any of the expectations of the disciples. You see, they thought that at the time when they were wanting their saviour, and their Messiah to come into Jerusalem and, into, and reveal himself. Many of the prophets had spoken about a Messiah coming. The person they were looking for was someone who was going to be a, a national leader. Someone who would have um, the ability to come and take on the Romans. We know that the Romans were there at the time. And they were looking for someone with military might. A powerful person to come in and sort the mess out. To be their saviour. So Jesus, you think about this, coming in on a donkey of all things, not even a horse. Arriving on a donkey with little cloaks over at the back of the donkey just walking in. And the people all they've got is palm leaves. They've not got the things, the torches that if you went into Cambridge when the Olympics were on and people were walking around, that people walk around with flashing torches, everything. All they had were these palm branches. Everything was so simple, but yet what they were seeing before their eyes was the king of kings and the lord of lords walking into their city. He never fulfilled their expectations. And you know, throughout the Bible, if you read about Jesus and the miracles, you'll see that he never really fulfilled any expectations. It was always different. It was always different to what anyone would expect God to actually do. 
but he publicizes his personality. And when the Holy Spirit comes today, one of the things he wants to do, he says he comes and he's like a person. And he wants to publicize who he is. He's not someone who hides. He's like a spirit or a force that hides. He's someone who wants to come in here, revealing his loving personality to us. His simple personality that reveals Jesus and the message of the cross. You see, we are the ones who complicate it. We are the ones who make it not simple. And we, in our minds, we think, well, if God comes, he's going to require this and he's going to look like this. But he came on a donkey and he didn't give them what they thought they were going to have. In Matthew 14, we heard last week the, the story of uh, the Jesus calling out Peter onto the water. And it said this, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. They said this, it's a ghost. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. You see, the thing is with that story is that yes, they were probably looking out onto the sea wondering, who is this figure? Who's this figure that's walking on water towards us? In their boat, that they were out in the middle of the sea. Why would you expect any figure of a person to be walking on the sea? But the crazy thing is this, that I think that sometimes we, put, we, we position God not in the things that we want. So we never expect him to be in the parts of the, our lives that he actually wants to be. Jesus wants to be in everything. He wants to be in every part of your life. Every single detail. And some of us have got our own sea. The places where people don't walk. It's not possible for people to walk. So you think it's not possible for God to be really in this or helping me in this. And you've got your own sea. You've got your own sea where it's a place where you think, well, I know that God is in church every week. And I know that God does these things for different people. But this bit, this is my sea. This is my sea where God, people don't walk on water. And I just want to tell you today that Jesus walked on that water. He came to them. He came to the places where they never thought he would. He comes to the places where we least expect. And he reveals himself in the way that you won't expect him to. And I encourage you that as we move on in these next few months and seeing God moving in this church. If you want that, he will come. You can't, you can't sing in his presence and not expect him to come. You can't sing from, from, the, from the top of your voice saying, God come, Shekinah glory come down, and him not come. You see, one of the things that got me last week when I heard the message from Mike was when we say to God, just as Peter said, if it's you, call me. The crazy thing is that Jesus re- actually does respond. And he actually responds to the things we ask. Didn't Jesus say, ask anything? You've not asked for it. Ask anything in my name. And some of us have got to start believing that when we say the things on our mouths, if we really believe it, he will come. And he will do these things. The Holy Spirit's not predictable. 
And he manifests in many different ways. And some of us, there's, there's always someone who thinks, well, should the Holy Spirit be really doing that? Including me. You see, I'm a person, I look at things and we have to discern the good and the bad. But we, always have, we also have to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I'll tell you what, I want a church here that we see God move and we're surprised every day. His mercies are new every morning. That we're not complacent or we know we've got it all set up just the way we want it. And this is how God moves. If we sing a few songs like this, he'll show up. And if you do this and people come to the front, I tell you, we need a church where God is in control and he does the things he wants to do and surprises us. We, we said in the Holy Spirit meetings recently, we need to get back the awe in the church. The disciples were filled with awe. Are you filled with awe today? Are you filled with awe at what God's doing? You see, when we watched the Finger of God DVD downstairs, it was amazing to see all these things around the world, what God is doing on this DVD. I don't know about you, but a few weeks ago, Steve came up and he said to us, he'd opened up his Bible and seen one morning gold dust in his Bible. That's one of the things that was on this DVD. Now, some of us might be thinking, now you've totally shut off saying, this is just a bit too much for me. And you know, when Steve said it, it's hard for us to believe because there's not many of us on a morning after we've had our conflicts, open up our Bible and see gold dust in our Bibles. But let me tell you this, I don't care whether it sounds crazy or not. Because I want these things to happen. I want God to reveal himself to you so that he reveals his character and publicizes his personality. Because there's one thing is, the gold dust means nothing other than God was with Steve. That God is revealing himself. It's nothing special about gold. But God, the, the, the best thing I like is when God reveals himself, it's that he is in your life. He wants to be part of the detail. Let me just remind you of a few things. If you're thinking, well, I still don't, I still don't agree with what you're saying. Let me remind you that in the Bible it says that, that God spoke through a donkey. He didn't just ride on a donkey, he spoke through one. In the Old Testament. He used a hand to write a message on the wall. You've heard these stories, but sometimes you think, well, it might not have happened. These things happened. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. When was the last time you had your conflicts and he spoke to you through a bush? But he can do these things. We have a God of the impossible. We've got to start believing that if his spirit shows up, then we're going to see some extraordinary things. He appeared like tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost to the point that the people who walked in thought the people were drunk. The next time you start seeing people falling on the floor and laughing, think about when you used to drink. That's what it looks like. If you ever drank and you went and and had too much drink and people were laughing, it says that the people walked in at Pentecost and saw people speaking in other tongues. And I, I think they'll have been laughing, falling on the floor because they couldn't stand up. Because the presence of God was so strong. Not because they were just having a party and they just thought we're just going to fall on the floor. 
But the presence of God was so strong and real to them that they couldn't stand up. They couldn't do the things and function properly. I want a church like that. Where we're open to see God move and we're not dismissing the Holy Spirit. You see, our God is a creative God. If you believe that God created everything we see when you step out of this door, the earth, the trees, all the things, the beauty and the space around us, if you think he created that, if he's a creative God, then with creativity comes change, difference, ideas. You see, when Jesus healed the sick in the Bible, If you look at it, he never did it in one way. He didn't just go to some people, uh, to to the people every time and do it in exactly the same way. One person, he spits in their eyes so that they'll be healed and their blindness gone. And these different ways that Jesus comes, I believe, uh, to help us to understand that there's not a manual to God. There's not a manual to the way that he works. There's not a manual to where that the Holy Spirit will come. And we've got to get out of this manual mentality that church is about do ABC to get the result. Because God will come different in one season than he does to another. We've seen God move in a powerful way here before. Many of you know that it was in the newspapers, the front page, that people were getting healed. But let me tell you, I believe that when God comes again next time, It won't be the same as last time. We shouldn't expect that God comes and then the Cambridge Evening News shows up. All good that is. But God does things different. He moves in a different way to keep you surprised, to keep the awe. He chose a simple donkey. It's not complicated. God is not complicated. It's us who complicate the gospel. He chose a simple donkey. To meet people where they were at. To come down to their level. Let me remind you today that God sent his son to the earth. To come to our level. To come to where we're at. He didn't just, to to complete salvation, didn't do it up in the heavenlies. And just hope that we find him. But he came to us. Jesus came down to us. The Holy Spirit is interested in our personal lives today. He wants to be involved in everything in your life. The Pharisees, they didn't expect him to come in the way that he did. The Pharisees were there that day. It says that as they walked through, the Pharisees saw Jesus. Do you know the people in the Bible never expected Jesus to sit with the tax collectors who were seen as the sinners? They never expected to see him sitting with the prostitutes. You see, the religious people will put Jesus far away from all that. But Jesus went to where the people needed him. Jesus said it's the sick who need a doctor. And I want to encourage you that one of the things that got me when we saw the Finger of God DVD, for those, if you haven't seen it, I apologize for referring to it, but this Finger of God DVD that showed God moving all around the world, one of the things that got me is that people got out of the four walls and they started to release God into the streets. And it was just an amazing thing to see. It was an amazing thing to see that they would go to where the people are at. 
And I don't know about you, but I think we need to start thinking about getting out of these four walls. And ideas of how we can reach people. Because it's not going to happen up just up here on a Sunday. You're not going to see God moving just up here on a Sunday. We've got to get out. And I'll tell you, as soon as the people come in, God will reveal himself. In a powerful way. The Pharisees didn't expect him to be with these people. But the disciples recognized something very special. Because on this day, on Palm Sunday, when Jesus came in on the donkey, they recognized the fulfillment of Zechariah 9, verse 9. Which talked about the king coming on a donkey. It wasn't just something Jesus decided to do that day. He was fulfilling a prophecy written years ago that the king, the Messiah, the saviour, the saviour of the world would come in on a donkey. And you know the disciples recognised this. The disciples recognised that Jesus was coming in on a donkey and this was their Messiah. But it's the Pharisees, the crazy thing is, the Pharisees didn't recognize it. The ones who we would perceive to know the word of God. The ones who were the religious ones dressed in the finest of clothes, who looked religious on the outside, who were supposed to know their word. They were the ones who didn't recognize. They looked and thought this, it's just a man on a donkey. What's all the fuss? They saw the people putting the cloaks down on the floor, creating like almost like a, like a carpet on the floor, and, they, and, and, and putting so much emphasis on one man. And they looked, and in their eyes, they thought, Who is this? He's just a man. Because they didn't expect their Savior. I tell you, the one key thing here is this that those who recognize who God is know their word, they know the word of God. And the ones who you think sometimes know the word, just because they dress in that way, and they look on the outside like they should, don't always know. Don't always recognize when the Spirit of God's coming in. Because there's too much here. Too much in the mind. And I want to encourage you to open up your spirits to receive and say, God, I recognize that you can come by your spirit, that you want to come and be part of my life. Every single detail that you want to come today in this room and show up. I welcome you, Jesus. Come in your own special way. They were too focused on the religion, the Pharisees. They didn't want the focus on Jesus. They tell, they, they asked Jesus to quieten down the disciples. My second point today is this, people part with possessions. When God comes, when Jesus came that day, they parted with possessions. When the Holy Spirit comes, there's something happens in us to change our perception of who God is and to change the things, our heart's desires. And we, all we want to do is give to God. You see, the first thing that happens in this story is this. Jesus says, go and ask the people for that donkey. The other thing is this, that he says that it's never been ridden before. He says it's a donkey that's never been ridden. He says, and I want you to go, and I want you to go ahead of me. So he's getting out of the stealing bit. He's saying, I want you to go and do this. 
And I want you to untie the donkey and take it away from the owners. And he says this. It's, it's not as though he says, if the owners ask what you're doing, here's some money and just give them that and they'll be happy. He says, if the owners ask what you're doing, just tell them that the Lord needs it. That's just like, let me put this in perspective. Their little donkey was probably something that they used to, to you know, to get about on. It was their, it was just like us having a car or a bike in the city. And it's like somebody coming in the middle of the night and somebody taking your car or your bike. But if they say to you, uh, and you say to them, what are you doing? And they just said, the Lord needs it. I've been, uh, the Lord spoke to me last night and the Lord says, I need to take this car. You would not want to give them the car. But just going a little, uh, just a little something for you here, just really about the personality thing, is that when these people recognized God, didn't they? They recognized who he was. So they wanted to give. They knew that it was God. When they said the Lord needs it, they wanted to give. Their hearts changed to give these things away. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on us. It's not us who make the decisions to give. So we, we obviously make the decisions, but God changes our perceptions. And the donkey was just freely given up. The other crazy thing is this, that if you think about the stories, that he's not, they not only just released their donkey to go, but they released the donkey for because the Lord needs it, and it's never been ridden on before. So the donkey's not even trained to be ridden on, but yet they still release it. I mean, you can imagine, if they really wanted to get into their mindset, they could have said, this donkey's not even prepared or trained for anyone to use in that way. But yet he released, they released the donkey. I know that years ago, me and Emma, we went on a holiday to um, the Caribbean to a place called Margarita. And one day we went on one of these trips um, that you can go out, you pay to go on one of these trips. And it was a don- like a horse riding out in the desert where all the cac- cactuses and things are. And we went to this place and I remember us all sat and I never, ever rode a horse before. I'd never done anything like this. But Emma had, she'd done this before. And she'd done what's called, does anyone know what cantering is? When you canter a horse and, and it goes quite fast and you run around on quite fast on the horse. And we went to this place and we're all sat down. There's a whole group of people sat in this place before we're about to get our horses selected for each individual. And on the way to this trip, Emma's saying to me, have you been before? And I'm saying, well, I've never done this before. I've never done it. She's saying, well, I have. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to be able to do some cantering. And I'm like... But I want to do that as well because that's where you go fast. Otherwise, it's just going to be quite slow and boring. And I had this temptation when I was sat there and the person came out with all the equipment and the horses were lined up. I had a temptation then to say that I had done cantering before just so that they would let me because they came out and they said, put your hand up if you've done it before because we'll select the right horse for you. And I'm not joking, I was so tempted to put my hand up, even though I'd never done it before, so that I wouldn't miss out on the fun. And I didn't. So Emma gets her horse, and there's this nice big horse, and then they pull mine out, and they said to me, yours is called the Little Mouse. It says it all. Because honestly, the whole journey we walked, it was just, they had to keep coming and hitting it to get it to move. And I was, it was almost like this horse had never been trained to have, have anyone on its back. And it was just bored of having me on its back. And the, the worst point of all that trip was when I was on the back of Little Mouse and 
walking through this desert and I looked and the, the canterers went off in their own direction. Just for a little canter. And I watched them and they were running around in the desert in this, in this bit of land. And I was on Little Mouse just looking thinking if only I put my hand up. I could have been with them. Probably on my back. But the, the proof of that is that these horses, some of them were, were also developed, not only the riders, but were developed for people to, to go on and for people to ride on. And in this story, they were giving away something that wasn't even meant for its use. People part with their possessions. And the cult was like giving their livelihood away. The next thing that happened is this. The disciples placed their garments on the donkey. They put their garments, their cloaks onto the donkey before Jesus was put onto it. And you can imagine Jesus saying, I want to get on this donkey and I want to, I want you to place me on it. But it's almost like the disciples thought, we, Jesus shouldn't be on a donkey like this, a little dirty donkey. Let's put our coats on. He's far too, uh, he's far too powerful to be, to be put onto a little donkey like this. It's almost like they're giving their best coat. To put onto that donkey. You know the outer garment that they wore that day. Was one of the most valuable bits of clothing they had. It's, it's not, anyone know the story where Jesus is, he says that they cast lots for what he had. His clothing. His outer garment. Let me remind you that they're not casting lots for Jesus' outer garment. Just because it's Jesus's. Because if they were casting lots for it, because if it was Jesus's, recognizing who he was as the saviour, then they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been killing him. But they were casting lots because it was an expensive garment. Remember, Jesus says, forgive them, they don't know what they do. They, don't, they didn't know he was the saviour. But yet they wanted his garment because it was an expensive garment. And it was an, a, a valuable thing. So these people, they saw Jesus and they wanted to lay their cloaks down. They wanted to give something. To protect, uh, to, to protect Jesus from the donkey, but also to give something in respect. But then it says this, that as soon as they gave, as soon as the donkey started to leave and go down the road, the people, it was infectious, the people started to want to give. And they put their cloaks on the floor so it created almost like a carpet. It created a carpet for Jesus to walk on on this donkey. And I want to remind you that in that city that day, we're talking about lots of people. If you want to create a carpet with coats on the floor, that takes a lot of people and a lot of coats to create that. And what they were doing is almost like today when we see someone putting the red carpet out for someone to come. If anyone's seen on the TV the premieres of the the movies in London, they put the red carpets out. When someone special comes. And they were recognizing who he was. And giving away their most valuable possession. And putting it on the floor of all places where it was going to get dirty and ruined. And I want to encourage you today that when the Holy Spirit comes. And he walks through in this room. He will start to change your perception to want to give. To want to do things different to what you thought you wanted. To change your mindset. In Acts 2 verse 43 it says following the coming of the Holy Spirit everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common 
And they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. You see, one of the things that day that the people shouted out when they said, Hosanna to the king. Hosanna to the king. They were praising God, it says, because of the miracles they'd seen him do. They'd seen him do so many powerful things that they were saying, Hosanna to the king. And here we see in Acts 2 verse 43 that the people were in awe at the wonders and the signs that this man was doing. They recognized him as God. And the very thing that flowed from that was that they wanted to sell, they sell their property of all things, their possessions, and give to anyone who needed it. I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit will start to ask of you things. Whether it might, it might not just be money, but it might be your time. You see, time for me is probably more valuable than money. It is so easy for us, if you got a bonus of money, to come in one Sunday and stick it in the pot. Yes, it's a sacrifice. But do you know, sometimes our time is far more valuable today. How many times do we hear people say, uh, who, 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 who kind of sell their time for, for things and they're, they're on a, a, an hourly charge and they will say things like, it's not enough for me to even get, get up out of bed because their time is so valuable to them. And you know, for as God starts to move in this place, it will require more of us, more of us to give what we have. And some of us, our possessions might not always be money, but it will be our time to be part of the vision, to be part of what God's doing and requiring us. He says that they sold their property and their possessions because they were filled with wonder. They saw what God was doing and they wanted to be part of it, so they gave themselves. The Holy Spirit's the one who bursts the desire to give. I remember that years ago when I got saved, no one ever told me that I had to give specifically. We do hear preaching and people speak about having to give and it's good to tithe. But no one ever really came to me and says, you've got to give. Now you're a Christian, you've got to do ABC. It came by God's Spirit. One day I just, I just so much, the more and more I asked of God, the more and more I wanted His Spirit, the more God said, just I want you to give. I want to prove who I am to you, that, that everything you have and you possess, that I'm far better than that. Let me remind you today of what it says in Malachi 3, speaking on tithes, what God says. Not what I say, but what God says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. But he says, test me in this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. I spoke to someone once who went to church a few years ago. And they said to me this. They said that they were questioning tithing. 
As a Christian, they were questioning tithing and saying, you know, I, I, I've, been, I've been giving for years my tithe. And I've never seen anything really come much to me. Do you know what? I reminded them of this. What is that song that we sing? Count your blessings and name them one by one. The one thing that I've learned is this, that God doesn't have to keep giving you lots and lots of things. It says in this one important thing is I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. You see, one of the things I turn around to him and remind him is how many things would you have lost if you didn't have God? If you didn't give to God, how many things would you not have? You see, things break down. My washing machine breaks down. My bike needs new parts because I'm afraid to say that's life. That's part of life. Things get rusty. Things get old. But the thing that's amazing about God is that for some reason, things seem to slow the process up when we start to give. It seems to be that there never seems to be as much of that. And I believe that the more we give, it's not that we gain lots, but God rebukes the devourer. He rebukes the devourer. And sometimes I believe that it's not that he rebukes it so much so that we never have anything go wrong. So so that apart from using Calgon in your washing machine, it will live forever. That's not the case. Things have to break. We have to learn that that's life. But there's something about God that when we give to him that he slows the process down. He rebukes the devourer. Teaches us. He says, test me in this. And I want to encourage you today that... When he asks you to give things, if you're not tithing at the moment and you're saying, you know, this is not for me, I'm not telling you to tithe. Read the word it says. It doesn't just say, give me your money and you'll get nothing. God says, if you sacrifice and give to me, not only money but time, just watch what I'll do. Just watch what I'll do. We can offer our skills. Many of us here have talents and skills we can offer to the kingdom. And we're sacrificially giving by doing that. You see... Tithing, if, some, if a man was to say to you, give your money to me and see what I'll do, you'd say, it's a bad deal this, I'm not sure, but I want to encourage you today, you'll never, there's no one ever better to trust than God with your money. No one ever better to trust than when we give it to God. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes and moves, he's looking for people who want to lay down their lives for him. To lose their life, what they know of it for him. The final point this morning is pride gives way to praise. When Jesus came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they'd seen. When Jesus entered, the people, it says, were joyfully praising God in loud voices. I don't know about you, but if any of you remember when the, it was just up the road here when the Olympic torch came through and it was going through all the country. But people were coming down to see this torch going through the towns, shouting out and whistling as the people went past. And it was a, a great occasion for this country. And people, I remember, running to see up Mill Road here, just the flame 
going through and forgive me if I've told this story before but we came down to view it in in Cambridge here and we looked at it on this road here as the people the the procession went down behind it was an amazing day but it wasn't that amazing till the next day on the on the Sunday morning Emma said I want to see it coming up our road and I said I am not getting out of bed because it was chucking it down with rain to watch the torch again we'd already seen it in the city I said I've seen it I ain't going back out again I'm staying in bed but she wanted to go out and watch it again. And people were passionate just about a piece of metal with a flame. That was a symbolic thing. And I want to encourage you that when Jesus entered that day, they were passionate. They'd have been coming out to see him. And we need to be passionate about when God's moving here. When he's moving in our church. That we don't get up on a Sunday morning and say, Do you know, I don't really feel like going today. I might just have a morning in reading the paper. I might just have a time to myself. I want to remind you that when the Holy Spirit comes each week and he's moving in this place, we have to respect him and we have to come and meet with him because he's here already in this room and he wants to do some awesome things and touch lives. And friends, remember, he wants to use you to do it. He needs us, vessels made of clay, to touch other people. You're the, you're the vessels that he will use. When the Holy Spirit comes, he uses people. So on a Sunday morning, we need to say, God, I'm open to do whatever you want to do and we should be here every week when we can. Because he's here and he wants to move. When religion comes in, religion says, don't be loud about your faith. Don't be praising like, like they were that day. Keep quiet. The Pharisees said this, Jesus, tell them to be quiet. They're a bit too loud. They're going a little bit too far. This is fanatical. And he was telling them, he says, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to be quiet. Keep them under control, he said. But Jesus replies and says this, if they keep quiet, the stones... Yes, the stones will do it for them. Shouting praise. How many of you know that the stones don't shout? But he was saying that his glory was so powerful. That this was such an awesome thing that they were seeing. That he said that if no one shouts, the stones will have to cry. The stones, the things that you don't even think could speak, will have to speak. Because somebody... Somebody needs to respond. Somebody needs to respond to my glory, my presence, because I am here. And the Pharisees were the ones who were saying, the ones who looked religious, were saying, keep quiet. Don't be fanatical. And I want to encourage you today that when Holy Spirit comes in, sometimes there's times to be quiet. Sometimes there's times when we need to button it. And we need to close our mouths. We need to stop speaking in tongues. And let God speak. Let God touch lives and do things on the quiet. But there's sometimes when we have to respond. You see, when we come and worship, like we did today, we sung the songs. Some people say sometimes, you know, I didn't get much from the worship today. It wasn't much. They didn't really do the songs that were up and they were going to do. But do you know what worship's all about? Worship's about you giving to God. You see, it doesn't matter what songs we sing. 
It's about us giving to God. It's the time when God is listening, bending down to hear his church sing, bending down to hear his church worship him. It's the time when we give to God. And it's then when we can release ourselves. The one thing we've always wanted in this place is the freedom to worship. The freedom to release ourselves in worship. And Jesus was saying that day to the Pharisees, I'm not going to tell them to be quiet. They can do whatever they like. They're free to worship because they've recognized me. They've recognized who I am. The Holy Spirit is looking for people who will be outwardly passionate for him. He wants us to declare it. You see, one of the things that when we we talked about the baptism, there's nothing special about the water that's downstairs in our tank. It's not holy water. It's symbolic to be an outward expression of our faith. You see, Jesus is into outward expression, isn't he? He wants us to confess our sins outwardly. So it is good to be quiet sometimes. Sometimes it's good for us to keep quiet. But there's also times when we need to say, do you know what? I'm going to just try and release myself. You see, the people, if you go up to Cambridge United's ground on Saturday, if you went in there, they will be praising their team. And some people, there's people who I know in my workplace who are very, very quiet people. But when they seem to step into the football ground and they tell me, they sing the songs he's told me and they cheer loudly. What happened to that person that is very, very quiet? It's because they just want to release themselves. And I want to encourage you that if it's not you and that's not you, that's not a problem. Why not try it out? Start Say, God, do you know what? I'm going to try and release myself and to, to just worship you more and to be outwardly expressing But at the same time, sometimes the ones who are loud sometimes might need to learn to be a bit quiet at times. There's a balance, isn't there? The Holy Spirit will change our worship if we let him. I, as leading the worship here each week, I just want God to not just get better at us to get better and better at music and talents. I just want us to learn how to worship him even more and more. Even me. I want to learn how to worship him more and more so that we usher in the presence of God. And it's not by talents, but by his spirit that he wants to come in here to the point where everyone in here will be singing their own song to him. And they won't need any of us because it will be so powerful that they'll want to express themselves in their own way. And the worship will take over by the congregation. They're the days that we want, aren't they? The days that we want when the people are worshipping in spirit and truth. The Holy Spirit will change our worship if we let him. He'll change. They says that they praised Jesus as he walked through and he came on that donkey. When Jesus is honoured, he will draw all men to him. He'll draw all men to him. I want to encourage you today that when Jesus is lifted up, when his spirit comes in, When we want God to come in and do something special, he does all these things. He publicizes his personality, reveal himself to us, his character and who he is. Sometimes he asks us to part with some things that we have. Whether it's time or money, he comes in and he changes our perspective because we know his character, we respond to him. You see, 
the thing is this, if you ever meet anyone, if they're a stranger to you, you don't want to give to a stranger normally, do you? Because you don't really know much about them. But the more and more you're friends with people, the more and more you get to know that person and their character and who they are, it changes your perception. You want to help them. You see, the more Jesus comes in and the more he reveals his character and you're open to receive him and understand who he is, it's him who will change your attitude to want to give. And finally, when you want to give everything, the things you can give materially, you'll start to want to give him worship. You'll start to want to worship him. Spirit and truth. Isaiah 12 Verse 4 to 6 says this, Shout to the nations. Tell them what he's done. Spread the news of his great reputation. Sing praises, songs to God. He's done it all. Let the whole earth know what he's done. Let the whole earth know what he's done. Raise the roof. This roof, we need to raise it with our sound. Raise the roof. Sing your hearts out, O Zion, because greatest, the greatest lives among you, the Holy One of Israel. The greatest lives among us, the Holy One of Israel. He's here now. His presence is here now. He's passing by today. Over 2,000 years ago, today, we're celebrating it. Jesus rode in on that donkey. The people were in awe. The king was here. And I encourage you today that he is here now. We've laid out the red carpet for him in this church. To come in when he wants to. And some of us here today need to probably recommit ourselves to him. And say, God... I want more of you, I want more of your spirit. And there's things that people may be challenged by today that they want to start giving more of themselves to God. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.